When things go wrong, there's very little time and they go wrong very, very quickly. The attack, whether it's a cow or a bull, happens very, very quickly. Hello, I'm Cahal Summers. And I'm Deirdre Glenn. Your Chagas Sustainability Advisors. And you're welcome to the Chagas Environment Edge podcast number 52, bringing you the latest information, science, and opinion to improve farm sustainability. We'd love to hear from you and get your opinions on what's discussed on the show. In order to contact us, you can email the Environment Edge podcast at chagas.ie. As of the 5th of January this year, 12 fatal farm workplace accidents were reported by the Health and Safety Authority in Ireland. Unfortunately, this accounts for 50% of all workplace fatalities in Ireland, making farming Ireland's most dangerous occupation. All farm accidents are tragic and have devastating effects on farming families. Telling his story of a fatal bull attack, James Murphy, Farming in Kilkenny, joins us on the show. We're here in the beautiful village of Innesteeg in South County Kilkenny um, with James Murphy on his farm. So James, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, guys. James, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your farming enterprise? I've been farming all my life here in Innesteeg. Um, took over the farm from my dad and we'll talk about that maybe in due course. Um, pretty much lived my whole life locally. I'm, I'm in my mid-60s now. Um, always loved farming um, and have uh, fantastic, happy memories of being a farmer. Um, and um, I, I have a, a son farming on the farm now with us, uh, my wife Chrissy and myself. We would have been um, traditionally for generations dry stock farming, tillage. Um, because of the uh, uh, lack of profitability in those sectors, when my son wanted to came ho- come home, we had to have the discussion about um, alternatives and we converted primarily to dairy in 2018. Um, I've still kept some sheep because I like sheep, uh, always did. Um, so I have a small sheep, pedigree sheep enterprise, but now we've, we're, we're new entrants to dairy since 2018. I don't know about the sheep, James. Uh, I spent a year on farm management with sheep and they just want to die. I don't know what it is about them. <laughs> I just have to stick to the, to the four-legged yeah, bit yeah, of beef. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, I suppose we're coming to the time of the year. We're into March now, getting very busy. Calving season, full, very full into full swing, coming maybe well into now at this stage, coming into breeding season and into heavy machinery stage. And look, I suppose what we wanted to talk about today is that there's nearly every farmer has been infected some way with or had their own story about an accident or something gone wrong with them or maybe some fatal accident or something and the impact that that's had on people on the farm and I suppose we want to create some awareness around it uh, and I know you have your own story and can you tell me a little bit about your, your I suppose your the story you have around your father Tom and maybe before you get into it tell me a little bit about him. Yeah, my dad, Tom, um, like myself, um, farmer all his life, um, his dad, my grandfather, bought this farm for him um, and uh, continued to farm the home farm himself. Um, and as I said, he was uh, traditionally a dry stock and tillage man, um, a great lover of sport, a great stockman, um, a man with tremendous energy, a great community man. Um, and and probably, you know, that's one of the things that... that, that um, isn't always spoken about when someone, in whatever circumstances, 
dies suddenly or passes away suddenly, the loss to the community and the loss to neighbours. And, you know, there was a tremendous impact there uh, with my dad's passing. Um, and he farmed all his life. And I would say absolutely loved farming. And, and um, one of the, if there was any, any um, silver lining to his tragic death, he died very quickly doing what he particularly loved doing. Yeah, do you know something? It's often when you go to a funeral, that's the time you actually find about about you're talking about community. That's when you really find out mm-hmm. about a person. And yeah. I, I, I don't want to say I love hearing a, a eulogy at the end or a, when you talk about the person, just exactly what your life is. And I think even your own children, sometimes your own parent, when you you go to a family funeral, that you hear stuff that you hadn't heard before. Mm, for sure, um, and um, I suppose it's. I'm like you. I, I'm I'm really really interested in eulogies. They're hard to give. I've had to give a couple of them, and um, I have great respect for anyone who finds themselves in in that position. But uh, again, I suppose the stories of people's lives um, they are interesting in in the life that the life that we live in today. There's not as much communication between people, even between neighbours. So you don't know the details of someone's life to anything like um, my father's generation would have done. So you were thrown into a situation when Tom died. What stage were you at? What age were Um, you? I I was probably one of the lucky ones, Deirdre, in that I was 30. I was married. um, We had a couple of kids, Chrissy and myself. Um, The suddenness and the shock of it all from um, a man like my father, who was 71 at the time, who was extremely active, um, by his standards, too much so, and fearless. Um, that was that. Still, uh, I can still relate very much to that. The 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 here and gone part. Um, and um, you know, he was a um, go back to the sport. He loved his greyhounds. Friday night, every Friday night, religiously, he'd go into the greyhound track in Kilkenny. Um, trained dogs, trained top end dogs that won some of the top races in in Ireland. Um, he won the Irish Oaks with a, a, a bitch, sold her and built this house that we're sitting in here now from that from that sale. Um, and that's what he was doing on the night that uh, the, of the bull attack. Um, he had intended going to the Greyhound track, maybe wasn't focused as much as he should have been. Um, but, uh, you know, that's just the, the sudden aspect of it. But as I said, I was lucky in that I had been home farming since I left Ag College. Um, and the succession had started, plans for the succession had started, which was a huge help to me and to the family. So young people and older people are particularly vulnerable um, to farm accidents. Do you think did his age in any way contribute um, to what happened on the day? I think probably. Um, the the details of the accident, um, the bull was wicked and the bull should have been gone. And we had warnings and we made the mistake of not heeding the warnings. Um, we'd had a couple of, of, of previous minor um, incidents with the bull where um, it was very clear that he meant business. And on that day, um, when I actually found him, um, the bull had, we had a chain on the bull and the bull had gotten caught in, in a skiok. And my dad was at the base of the skiok. He had obviously gone in to try and relieve the bull. And um, it, probably if he had been younger and more agile, he might have seen what the, the bull coming and managed to scramble away and get, get away from the reach of the chain. Um, 
on I, I have to concur completely with the risk factor and it's something that um, I myself have to deal with now because I think one of the things older people in particular um, have difficulty dealing with is age. I still think that well, Brian Cody is gone now, but I would have thought upon his retirement that in actual fact, if he was badly stuck someday for a cornerback, I could probably just about do a job for him <laughs> in my early 60s. The gear in the, um, the car all the time, ready yeah, to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you tend to um, um, not be aware of, of, of your limitations. And I had a discussion with um, my sons there lately. They were just saying to me that they were a little bit uncomfortable with me um, tipping around the yard, um, doing a few things when they were feeding and, and, and scraping out and what have you with machinery. Um, I didn't see any danger and I, I was a little taken aback that they would see me as being um, maybe a risk or a threat. So I agree completely. And with little kids, we have an absolute responsibility to them. They don't see danger. Uh, and we've had some horrific instances, instances down through the years of little kids going out to dad or going out to granddad on the farm and not coming back. Um, so, yeah, the young, the very young and the older uh, are among the risk categories. I agree. Yeah, even the young, you talk about it. I remember late late show did something a few years ago and they discussed about kids going off and, and drowning mm-hmm. just for you know a tank or something left yeah. open and yeah. even if you're in a tractor and you're trying to feed silage or something you just don't see that blind spot behind you and you don't expect anyone to be there either no you don't yeah no. and, and it's tough it's tough on families i suppose going back to the day can you remember it was it was around april time the accident with april, your dad happened yeah. was it yeah uh, can you remember where you were at the time or when you heard about it or how you or your mom heard about it maybe i um um i can i mean those um, a farm accident and the details of it never leave you. You never not forget. Um, and even now, over 30 years further on, I can vividly remember. Um, I was ploughing uh, a late field that we decided that we would put corn in. Um, ploughed late, assuming that my dad was gone, to, gone, finished up and gone to the Greyhound track. Came in, I'd say about eight o'clock, maybe a bit later. And my mom said, where's your father? He didn't come in at all. And um, immediately, I have to say, my heart sank and I thought bull. And I made straight for the field and um, went, saw the bull, went to where he was and came on the accident. And um, look, as I say to you, those things never leave you. Time dulls the hurt and 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 the horror of of that event. But um, and that's why I'm 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 so happy just to be part of this podcast. If in some way it could encourage people to think uh, and to become uh, and to to stay aware of the risks, because farming is a very high risk business. Um, and you know we 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 all know somebody who's had a narrow escape. In fact, if we're honest as farmers, every one of us has had a narrow escape on more than one occasion in our lives. Just takes one of those to go slightly wrong and it's not a narrow escape, it's a farm accident. Um, so, uh, yeah, look, you never, ever forget. Following on from the accident, did anything change on the farm? Or, or did, did any of your practices change? Did it make you more cognizant or more safety conscious? Or do you do things any differently? I, I can't say there was major change. 
And I have, um, in my my time as a, an IFA officer, I have spoken on many occasions about farm safety issues. It's a real tricky one because um, you can you can you can set out to make your farm as safe as possible. There is always risk. There is always risk dealing with livestock. Or that bull, the bloody brat of a thing, was gone the next day. He should have been gone beforehand. I had suckler cows at the time. We had, what, 60, 70 suckler cows. We had to put them in calf. So we had to buy another bull. I was far more careful around that bull. And I would have been cautious then around cows after that. Um, was I as careful as I should have been around other aspects of the farm? Probably not. And, and I think if we're honest as farmers, we can improve every single day. We can look and, and, and um, um, see risk and, and de-risk our farms. And it's one of the things that I would have always said to farmers. Try not to switch off. We're dealing with situations where, you know, we, we, we see risk. Maybe we see a, a PTO um, shaft that's not covered. Sure, it hasn't done any harm so far. Sure, we'll, we'll, the next day we're in Kilkenny, we'll get a shaft or we'll get a cover and we'll put it on it. The next day mightn't come for you. You might just run out of luck. Um, we become complacent with, with the, the, the risks that we see as being there. Um, and that's one of the real challenges for um, the whole farm safety debate. When you're dealing with the issues every day, you do become complacent. And as more and more farmers find themselves maybe the only person working on the farm, that leads to a challenge. We spoke about uh, um, the busy time of the year. Farmers tired from morning till night, waking up tired, going to bed exhausted. You're, you know you're not as focused as you should be. So I, I think all the important thing is to remind farmers to look for the risks and be aware of the risks in every situation, even if it's a cow calving. And I'm amazed when I see photographs of, of uh, or, or, um, um, pieces on Twitter. I, I, I follow Twitter a little bit. Someone in with a cow, um, and she's obviously not that keen on him being in or her being in, um, filming a newborn calf. And I'm thinking, get out, get out of there. Use your head. Um, you know, but people don't think. And that's one of the challenges we face. You, you mentioned a good one there. I, I was on a suckler farmer uh, last there the other day, actually, and we we're having the very same chat about that. You'd have the greatest pet of a cow of all time. Mm. The minute the calf is born, she, mm-hmm. I know it's sucklers and Friesian cows very different. The Friesians are a bit more used to being handled, mm. but... I remember, I suppose I was going from a, a, a freezing background and I remember working on a farm with, with sucklers. It's the only really near miss I really one that worried me that <clears throat> I was, I was, the calf was very weak, wasn't getting up, wasn't soaking. So I said, right, I'm going to milk this cow out. I'll get some milk, get some beast things into her suckler. And um, so I milked her away. Cow stood up for no problem, had her back of a gate, got the milk out, bucket. The minute I went to that calf, the cow nearly lifted the gate upside down and me with it. Mm. Um, and I, I just, I suppose, you make a very valid point uh, that we're very tired at that stage because we're up calving, we're worn out, we're busy, we're flat out, but you can't switch off and you certainly can't trust any animal. I think this is, the, this is why it's so important to try and make the environment that we work in as farmers as safe as possible. When things go wrong, there's very little time and they go wrong very, very quickly. The attack, whether it's a cow or a bull, happens very, very quickly. 
there isn't a lot of time. You're 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 lucky to either get into a circular feed or get out over a gate. Um, you're unlucky and and you have a cow or a bull on top of you very quickly. When an accident happens with machinery, happens very very quickly. Um, so really, the one of the best investments that you can make on your farm is putting measures in place to reduce the risk so you don't find yourself in that situation. A health and safety statement is a very good, um, it's something that farmers have to fill in. So it makes them, you know, go through it bit by bit, look at every element of the farm to see where is the, where is the risk, what can I put in place and assess the farm. Do you think that we put, put enough cognizance on that? No. No, I think you're right. Um, the health and safety statement was a no-brainer. It was an obvious thing for us to do. I mean, you have it in, in other workplaces and it's taken very, very seriously. We had um, a farm fatality on this farm. The health and safety statement is another piece of paperwork that has to be fin- filled up now to comply with rules and regulations. Do we sit down and discuss it as a family? No. Um, should we? Absolutely. I would have always believed that, um, and and I mean, I'm not say I'm only speaking about our own situation. I would hope that there are quite a lot of farm families that that would take that statement very seriously, and would analyse it and go around and check. My worry is that they, those people would be in the minority. Um, I I I've always felt that. Um, um, at least once a year, whether it's on Health and Safety Day or Health and Safety Week or whatever, the whole family, from young to old, across the generations, and there might even be two or three houses involved in some cases, need to sit around the family table and talk about farm safety. And, and I think that's one thing that can maybe help with the young and the old, um, as well as with the, the main farmer um, on the day because it's the main farmer that ultimately has the responsibility but you know it's important to, to let the kiddies start realising that there is a dangerous environment just the other side of that wall that they're not supposed to get over or the other side of that gate that they're not supposed to, to, to open um, and for the older generation that they, it, it's actually unfair of them to assume that um, they, they are actually not as, as, as mobile or as quick thinking as they would have been and that still life should go on the same as, 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 as it always did. So I would love to see farm families sitting around the table um, at least once during the year to talk about farm safety. If you could every year identify one or two areas on the farm that are a risk and try and de-risk them it would be a move in the right direction for your farm. The TAM scheme recently have introduced a component of health and safety course as part of, you know, you know, getting your grant. Do you think that that's a good way forward? I do. I think that's, that's really good. Um, and I think that, uh, again, um, from what I understand, it's generally the main farmer that actually does the course. Um, but I, I think the course is uh, the, uh, making that course compulsory was a really really good idea James I suppose just to finish up on you know, you've gone through a fatality on the farm your, your dad Tom uh, my godfather died on the farm as well fell off a bale trailer it's very impactful for you know, like every time you pass the spot you do think about it, there's no point saying you don't but there's a lot of people left behind and it, you know somebody has to deal with the, the outfall of it um, I suppose the, any I suppose advice that you can give to farmers I suppose 
how to deal with that or maybe just a final piece of advice just to I suppose keep us all on our mindset on, on on looking after not just ourselves but the people around us because I I think sometimes uh, I don't know what you're like I I'm probably more worried about people around me than I am myself and sometimes you can leave yourself exposed because of that I think I think that's a key point again for the main farmer you tend to worry about everyone else and what's the what are the risks to them um how can I make sure that they're safe um to the detriment of, of, of your own health and safety. But we're now starting to become more open about uh, mental health. Um, and and um, this is part and parcel of that because the absolute shock of the um, here today, gone tomorrow, um, that's a terrible thing for any family to have to deal with. And when they find themselves in that situation, I know it was the neighbours and the sense of community and, and their their willingness to support and to offer encouragement and to help in any way they could that was hugely important to us and and would be in any situation yeah look james just really like we'll we'll wrap it up there but really like to thank you for taking the time out to talk to myself there it's not easy thing to talk about but hopefully from you creating some awareness that might protect someone else going on in the future i suppose to go through the same thing that you've gone through as well I hope so, and that's why I was uh, more than happy when when you guys approached me. Uh, you know, if if we could just prevent one farm accident, well, that's worth the effort. So I was delighted to be a part of this podcast today. That's it for this episode of the Chagas Environment Edge podcast. Thanks to James Murphy for joining us on the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Carl Summers. And I'm George Lane. Join us next time for the Chagas Environment Edge podcast, signpost to farm sustainability.